Hey, welcome to the Healthy Steps with Nicole podcast, where it is my goal to help you see what is possible for your business, for your life, and for the sales that are going to get you there. Get ready to be inspired and supported while you launch and grow your health and wellness business. I'm Nicole Kramer, coach, sales expert, and health and wellness fanatic. Each week, I will be having amazing guest experts that will share with us their knowledge on mindset, money, how to attract your dream clients, successfully close sales, and so much more. Selling doesn't have to be hard. You can have the confidence and the clarity you need to create and grow your dream business. Welcome. I am so excited. Again, I say this every week, we have an amazing speaker, but I mean, really, you know, part of me is like, this is so cool that all these cool, amazing people are coming in. And then I'm like, I am so lucky to be connected with all these amazing people. And Sydney is another just beautiful, amazing person in my life that I'm so excited to introduce you guys to. I'm so excited to have her here because Sydney and I actually met in a really interesting way. And I was just blown away at being the sales coach that I am by what I, what I saw, what I read and and I reached out and, and we connected. I'll tell you the story in a minute, but she's here tonight to tell us how to start, grow and scale a company with no sales experience. Yes. Because as you guys know, as I preach to you all the time, you don't need sales experience to get your little butt out there. I almost mm-hmm. said booty, booty, butt, whatever you want to call it and start helping people, start selling, start solving problems, start doing what you do best. You don't need to have the perfect website or the perfect Instagram strategy or any sales experience at all. You can just get out there and do it. And the people that are action takers and doers are the ones that end up changing the world. And Sydney is one of them. So welcome, my dear. Thank I'm so you. Excited to have you here. I'm so excited to be here and, and share. I'm yeah. So grateful for First of all, I just want to recognize you because I know that you appreciate everyone every week, but I think that there's something to say about you knowing all these amazing people. I mean, you're just an incredible person. Thank you for being who you are. Thank you so much. That means a lot. I feel super excited, grateful, and and so appreciative of our connection and, and of knowing, you know, the people that I know, like you said. And But, you know, I think that it is why it's so important for us to keep doing that and keep connecting because as women business owners, that's how we support each other. That's how we help each other rise. And so to know that that's what you and I have, you know, built our friendship on is that's how we met. I I love that. And you guys bonus, I had no idea what she actually sold other than I knew it was cookies when I, so, so here's the story. And I don't even remember the post. You would probably remember it. I try, I almost looked it up today. And then I was like, I can't go through LinkedIn and find it. <laughs> There's so many. <laughs> yeah. It was like so long ago, but I was re, you know, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn and I love it. And it's a totally different platform than all the other ones. You know, Facebook has its own thing. Instagram has its own thing. LinkedIn is totally different. So you've got a different um, vibe in each one, but I like LinkedIn for its own reasons. And one day I logged in and or didn't, I didn't log in. I just opened up my app. Um, <laughs> Like one day I logged in on the World Wide Web. Um, <laughs> one day I opened my app and lo and behold, the very first thing, and I don't even know, I think it's because of Steve. I think because Steve and I were connected yeah. on it already. So Sydney's boyfriend, Steve, was a connection of mine on LinkedIn, which is probably why you showed up. Here I open it up and the very first post is like this story because you guys know being, a, you know, being in the world of sales now, everything's a story. Yeah. Here's the story that Sydney wrote about intelligentsia, which if you're not in LA, you might not know them. They are a very well-known 
third wave coffee roaster that is just, you know, one of those cool places that people like to hang out. And she tells this story about her sales strategy and process in getting into intelligentsia because she's got these cookies that she sells. And as I'm reading the post, I'm like, check, (laughs) check, check, check. Like you checked all the boxes on what I would be looking for as a sales coach. And I'm like, holy guacamole. I'm impressed with this girl because she didn't just give up. I mean, it wasn't the easiest process for you to go through what you went through with intelligentsia. And then the end result was your cookies are there. And I was like, I am reaching out to this girl. <laughs> and so I did. And like, you got back to me happily and then, after. yeah, exactly. And happily ever after. And it just turned out, you know, we, you grew up in the same town that I live in now. And we had all these connections and parallels and we were like, let's get together for coffee. And we did. And the rest is history. So yeah, I, we met, I'd like, we are, it's like the online daters of, of the past. Like, we met online. We met online. Um, so yeah. So, so tell us a little bit about you and, you know, you can give us a recap of the intelligentsia story because that just, like I said, it, it blew me away from a sales perspective and just the tenacity that you had through that story is what really impressed me. Oh, thank you. Yes. So I founded a little superfood, vegan, gluten-free, organic cookie dough company about a year and a half ago. It was inspired by my personal healing experience. I had colon cancer four years ago, and I discovered a class of superfoods called adaptogens. If you have not heard of them, you may have heard of either matcha or maca, maybe ashwagandha. Those are all types of adaptogens. Essentially what they are is a class of superfoods that heal stress in the body. So long story short, after being introduced to them by a woman who had also healed her colon cancer taking them, I started taking them for a matter of three months. And at the end of that three months, on the day I was supposed to get chemo and radiation, I went to the doctor to get tested to see how much the cancer had spread and I was completely cancer free. So I love that story. And I'm just going to say congratulations again. Like it's so, it's amazing, you know, and it's, it, you, I, I think you should tell the part about how the, in, how that woman introduced you to adaptogens, because the, the people that are in here are health coaches. They love superfoods. They love, they love adaptogens, but they also love a really good synchronicity story. And I think that yeah. this is exactly that. Yeah. So I, it was the same week I was diagnosed with colon cancer. Right when I was diagnosed, I knew kind of a strange twist, I guess, to maybe a a usual cancer story. But when I was diagnosed, I knew that I didn't want to tell anyone, like including my family and my friends, because I knew that one, I didn't want them to worry. And two, I wanted to go about healing as holistically as possible until it became no longer an option. And I know my family probably would have pushed for more of the traditional Western medicine, like go straight for the intense stuff right away. The conventional Um, methods. Exactly. And of course they mean well, but I just had a a different idea of what I wanted for myself. That said, at the time I was in school full time and I was also working a part-time job. And it was through that part-time job that I met the woman who introduced me to adaptogens. I was at a wellness convention in downtown LA and, um, this woman was there, her name's Liana, angel in my life. We got to talking and she started to share her story about growing up in Australia. She was raised with the indigenous people, like living off the land, where adaptogens just grow, you know, like as commonly as we grow grapes. Like they're just everywhere and they're so familiar with them there. So for any and all ailments, which they 
seldom have because they're not eating all the kinds of things that we normally eat. They would just take adaptogens, whether it was flu-like symptoms or cold or any type of indigestion, dementia, Alzheimer's, etc. They would just turn to adaptogens. So she was raised with the indigenous people, moved to Sydney, Australia. Ironic, because that's right. Amazing. When she was 19 to go pursue like university and whatnot. And six months into school, she was diagnosed with colon cancer. She had a tumor the size of a golf ball. I never had anything that large, but she was able to heal herself in a matter of six months. The tumor just completely disappeared over the course of the six months. And she has written a ton of, she's written two books about her healing experience and now has like a Crohn's and colon cancer cookbook. Wow. What's her name again? Leonie? Liana Warner Gray. Liana Warner Gray. And wasn't it like a couple of days after you had been diagnosed that you went Mm -hmm. to the wellness convention you were working and she just got up and said she had the same colon cancer and everything as you had. And I wasn't even supposed to work this shift. Someone had called out of it and I was the person called the cover. I always like to say, and I know I've told you this before in our many conversations, but coincidences are God's way of remaining anonymous. It's I love just, that thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's meant to be that you were there and that you heard what you heard and went up and connected with her afterwards. And then basically yeah. OD'd on adaptogens, right? Pretty much. Yeah. For three months, <laughs> I come with everything and anything I ate. It did not taste yummy by any means, but I was just taking them to get them down. Uh And after my experience healing, I'd been doing research during those three months I was taking them. So I knew what I was putting into my body. And I was just really fascinated with the idea that before I even knew my own circumstances, the idea that people could heal something as serious as cancer with plants, or even, you know, just the concept of holistic healing for something so crazy Mm -hmm. um, was really fascinating to me because at the time and, you know, still now i thought of myself as like the person who knew everything about wellness and the latest fitness trends and stuff, but I had never heard of adaptogens before. So I knew that if I hadn't heard of it, then there were so many other people that would probably never hear of it. And I didn't know that if these were as effective as, you know, they were for Liana and all these other people and cases I was finding online, why in the world were they not as popular as chemotherapy for forms of treatment or even offer it as a form of like supplemental treatment. And I just realized that everybody needed adaptogens in their life, but they probably wouldn't want to take them the same way I did because that wasn't yummy and craveable, so to speak. So after my experience healing, I wanted my parents to get on the adaptogen bandwagon. And after seeing their initial resistance, I had the idea to start hiding adaptogens in their food which is easier said than done because adaptogens are just very strong and pungent. Mm-hmm. So I had the thought that, okay, if I were to relive this adaptogen experience in a perfect world, how, how could I make myself eat something? And immediately I thought, of course, people will always eat things they crave, whether they know it's good for them or not. If you love ice cream, you'll eat ice cream. If you love sweets and cookies like I do, then you'll never forget to eat that. So I, um, I set out from there and I decided that I was somehow going to make something that was not only not bad for you, but something that was actually wholly nutritious, like, like every single ingredient 
from the inside out and then also infuse it with an entire daily dose of adaptogens so that people could heal their bodies while eating things that tasted really, really good and that they craved and still heal their bodies while doing it. Love that. Love that. So when you first, so you did all your research during those three months, Mm -hmm. by the way, I'm going to say this about 500 times. I'm just going to say it right now. You guys, the cookies are absolutely 100% the best cookie you will ever eat. (laughs) And I, I have myself now OD'd on adaptogens because (laughs) the cookies, every time I see Sydney and she gives me a freaking jar, I'm like, well, this one, and she's like, but it's good for you. I'm like, like, I can't stop. It's so good. So you did all your research knowing that it had helped this woman from Australia. And then you go in three months later to get your treatment. And they're like, "You, you don't have cancer. Is that when it really clicked for you? Like, these things really are real and a lot of people need them? Yeah. I mean, even during those three months, I was finding, you know, like hard clinical research of them being tested in other parts of the world and healing things, making significant differences in people with dementia or cancer, Alzheimer's or Crohn's disease, IBD, IBS, all these different things. And I was just It's one thing to, of course, read it on paper, but to experience it for myself was just really life-changing. So I knew that I wanted to do everything I could to make sure that everybody else had like the accessibility of adaptogens. This is what's called the why, you guys. (laughs) The why. That's why I'm poking around in this why. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And you know, you're, you're talking to a whole community of health and wellness coaches. So I know we've all had our own experience, our own journey in the health and wellness world. And, and I want people to really get connected like you are to their story from that place of like true emotion, from that place of like true passion, mm-hmm. because something happened to you so miraculous that you wanted to then spread it out into the, you know, and, and I get what you said earlier. It's like, why do people not have access to this? There's conventional yeah. methods like chemo. Why are we not? And we all know why it makes, it makes sense. It just doesn't make dollars and it's too simple of a cure and big pharma loses out in our economy. You know, there, there's all the reasons. Um, I don't need to preach to the choir here, but I do think passion overrides that. And, and that's one of the things that I love about how you've shown up really for the world, but because of you, because of your story, because what happened to you and you knew how powerful that was for others to experience it. Cause I also think, you know, when I went plant-based, I was like, everybody needs to hear about this. And I realized that's not necessarily, it's like me starting my own fast food restaurant of all plant-based food. It's going to be a heck of a lot easier for me to get a plant-based item into McDonald's and expose people to it that way, which is why I like, that's how, you know, you did, you were like, how can I make this more approachable, more enjoyable, more exciting for people to want to put in their bodies? You developed a cookie that's freaking amazing. So I love a few years, but yeah, Yeah. I think if anyone tried as long as I did, they would make it really yummy too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, and again, this goes back to the passion though you had, because I felt the same way when I, you know, I went to my parents right away. I was like, you guys need to be healthy. You guys need to eat plants. And they were like, yeah, we're going to a Brazilian steakhouse tonight. We not go. And I'm like, well, and then I realized I can't just expect people to want to change. Um, but it's like, you're infiltrating their world with these amazing cookies. So you're, you're not asking them to change. You're just saying, just try this, you know, and, and then they'll, they'll take it from there, whatever way that they want to do it. But yeah, I think that passion is, is what's the most important part, the connection to your why and the passion for really helping and serving others. Totally. 
I completely agree. And I think too that you, I learned with my parents, like sometimes you just really can't teach an old dog new tricks. And with a cookie, like I being, you know, a health foodie and vegan and all that stuff, I tried a ton of healthy desserts and stuff, but usually they taste like healthy desserts. You still, you still want like the one that's going to be delicious, even though it's, you know, the one that's terrible for you. Right. So my idea, and, and I mean, that's why it took me so long to well, formulate the recipe was that I really, truly wanted it to be better than anything I had ever tried before. Not just, you know, the best of the healthy stuff, but like the best of the healthy and the unhealthy stuff. Best tasting, best for you, and the best of both worlds. Yeah. So, so then you try all these recipes. At that point, are you, is it a business? Are you thinking it's a business or are you I'm thinking more it was a business, but it was not a business. Okay. Um, I, this was when I was still at school. I was formulating the recipes before I graduated. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was working alongside a couple of people I went to school with another, like, you know, friend of a friend who was doing design stuff for us. But I realized now looking back that I really just had a group that I talked about ideas with, but we didn't really actualize on anything yet because I didn't know where to start. And that was, I was paralyzed by that in a sense for probably about six months between graduating and getting hired at my first full-time job. And it was while I was at that full-time job that I was like, if not now, when? And I I just got chills when you said that, because that is there's some pivotal moments in my life too, where that question is exactly what I asked myself. And I went, Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it was something that I had been doing on the side of everything else for so long. And I, I would always tell myself that like, if I only had more time, it could be this way or made by would be at this point already. And I just realized after seeing, I was working for a health and wellness company at the time who I loved and admired. But being there was a very different experience than what I experienced from the outside as like a consumer. Mm -hmm. So once I was there, I just realized, you know, like, it it just felt like a little bit of a facade. I'm like, if this is what it's like working for a company I really admire, like, why am I not doing something that I really am passionate about and something I can create, you know, from the ground up? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I had the recipes finalized at that point. I just, I didn't know where to start. I didn't know how to build a website, even though I told myself I knew how to do it. It's how are you going to be? I thought if I were to quit my job, I'd have everything in place, meaning I have the recipe, but I had no real business plan, no finalized packaging. I kind of had like, a rough outline of what I wanted things to look like. Um, you had the recipes, you had a rough outline and you had a full-time job and you yeah. were like, I can't leave this job until everything's in place. Pretty much. But then in December of 2018, I got to a certain point where I just woke up one day and I told my roommate at the time who was also working for the same company that I was going to quit and start made by. And she said, okay, I'm going to quit with you and I'm going to help you. And we did exactly that. And she helped me in a matter of uh, about a week or so. I figured out how to make a website. I realized that 
I was so broke. I had no money to fund any sort of supplies, like ingredients, packaging, whatever. So I put up a pre-sale for all of the things that we were selling online so that that way we could figure out, you know, how much of everything we needed to buy and we could generate money to go do that. That's Uh, so smart. Come up with that. Like, let me just do a pre-sale and bring in some. Pretty much. I mean, I obviously I've seen a bunch of other companies do it and I, it was like, it truly felt like an idea that wasn't mine. It kind of just came into my head and I was like, okay, let's do this. This will work. I mean, we're coming really close to the point where like, you know, rent was coming due. We had both put our jobs and I didn't even have the website built yet. So Dana was my roommate's name and I knew that everything was kind of on my shoulders. So I was like, okay, I need to make this happen somehow. So built the website, put up a pre-sale, told all of our friends and family. I had an Instagram for me advice where you're posting on that and um, the pre-sale went really well. We had enough to pay for rent and had enough to get like the first round of supplies and ingredients shipped off our first orders. And we were doing strictly e-commerce stuff for probably about six months. And then I met my boyfriend who has a matcha company and they worked with a lot of restaurants and cafes and told him about made by and the light bulb kind of went off. I was like, why am I not approaching restaurants and cafes? That's really when my approaching restaurants and cafes really started. And I think one of the biggest assets any business owner can have, no, no matter what you're selling, whether it's a product or a service, whatever it is, one of my favorite quotes slash mantras by Sarah Blakely, the founder of Sphinx, something that she always says is that Sometimes what you don't know can be your biggest strength. And I think that that in large part has contributed to where I am and probably where I'll end up. I think we get so wrapped up around not knowing what to do. And I did things my way. There was no rule book to follow. I didn't really ask anybody how to go about getting into restaurants because from what I had heard from other people, And like you and I have chatted about too, for example, at trade shows, people say, you know, if you want to get into, I don't know, we're talking about grocery stores. If you want to get into Whole Foods, you need to go talk to this buyer and email them. But in reality, I've had a very different experience because if you follow the crowd, normally you get lost in the crowd. And if you don't know what the normal is, you're not following the crowd in the first place and you're going to stand out no matter what and make a much bigger impression whether things go in your favor and you make the sale or maybe not now, but you're going to make a lot more of an impression regardless and things will, you know, maybe it's not immediate, but things will work out in the future. Right. Well, and you're setting yourself apart, like you said, from the crowd. If you go along with whatever, the same procedures that everybody else follows, you know, it's like, I've had people ask me like, well, how many times do you post on Instagram and how many times do you do this? And how many, and I'm like, how many times do you want to? Right. <laughs> and, and really if you follow a formula, then you're just, you're copying everybody else. And then you look like everybody else. And then nobody knows you any different from everybody else. Yeah. And you want to stand out and be you don't blend mm-hmm. in stand yeah. out. And I like that you, that you really honored your truth in that. And you said, I don't know what this is supposed to be. I'm just going to do what I would do. Cause the trade shows that like, those types of things are 
systems and structures that are meant to kind of optimize, you know, the, that process for certain people in certain ways. Yeah. But I agree with you. I think you just, you go your own, you carve your own path and yeah. go for it. And, stand I, up. and personally, if it's possible when it comes to sales, I feel that doing things as close as you can to being face to face, which I know may be difficult during this current time, but when things start to normalize or even, you know, via zoom call or whatever, being able to have a human connection makes so much more of a difference because you can communicate your emotion. They can see what you look like. You have a presence instead of, you know, I think I'm a pretty good email crafter, but even then, so like you can only get through so much in words, you know, and it really says something to truly show up for what you believe in and what you're representing, whether it's products, a service, whatever, yourself. Same thing as being in a job interview. I think that, I mean, with every location that made by a Solden now, it all started with me walking in the front door, asking for a manager or the owner, somebody in charge. And whether that manager was the person to make the decision or not, they met me. And then once we had, you know, the connection, then they were totally, absolutely more than happy to pass me on to the next person who maybe was the decision maker. Yeah. I think that's, that was one of the things that um, once I had so much success in the, in the corporate sales world, people were like, how did you do it? And I'm like, well, you're the same people who've been watching me do it all along. What is confusing to you? And they're like, right. <laughs> And I'm like, I talked to people. I, I just networked and started conversations. Like I, I, there wasn't anything complex to what I had done. And sometimes I look back, I'm like, how did I do it? (laughs) Yeah. Right. There's not like just, and then, and then I'm sure you've had this too, where, you know, I had the people that, um, within my company and other parts of the, the country that I had never met, they were like, oh, she has a husband that gets her all of her leads. I'm like, Like people are going to make, you know, yeah, they're going to, they're going to come up with it. But I love that you said, like, I just did it organically. I just talked to people. Like if, if it was me going into a grocery store, it was, I met the person that was there and they may not be the decision maker, but they certainly liked me enough to help me out on my journey. And I think that was my biggest thing. Like I just liked people. I just wanted to talk to people and get to know them. I knew I had a solution to a problem that many of them had. Mm -hmm. I also knew a lot of them didn't have it. And I didn't make that personal. I didn't make it about me. And there were some hard lessons in learning that. But yeah, yeah, it's it's like you said, showing up face-to-face is really powerful. I think Zoom is our perfect, you know, whatever platform you use to do do virtual face-to-face. But I think it's the person and the energy that's really transferred in that process. And I I agree with you. That's super important. 100%. 100%. So you get into your first place. You probably had your first one and you're just like, oh my God, what yeah. do I do? Like what's next? And so what do you do next? The first coffee shop that decided to sell made by, it was like a month after we launched online. I was freaking out. So I guess this was before the whole coffee shop and food service meeting my boyfriend, but I didn't really, it didn't feel real because it was almost not accidental, but I was connected to them through someone else. So it was like, it didn't feel like me going into, you know, and making the connection myself. But I think that's um, how a lot of it is too. It's like the, the, your network mm-hmm. is full of connections for you and your network wants to help you. Yeah. Especially when they, you know, they believe in you and what you have to offer. That was really the exact situation. And my friend Eric passed on the good word about made by, took 
the store manager some made by cookies and he gave me a call and asked if we could start for morning deliveries and I said yes of course <laughs> so I started waking up at like 5 a.m every morning baking the cookies at my apartment and then driving them to the coffee shop in Santa Monica um, did that for probably about three or four months or so and it was definitely surreal, like being there and like knowing that was something that I made on <laughs> the shelf and counter, even though like part of me always felt in the beginning, like weird that I wasn't like, you know, I didn't have a bakery. I was a girl baking out of my apartment, but I had something I truly believed in. People truly loved it. And when people would always ask, where we were based, I would just give them the city. I was like, oh, we're based in Santa Monica. <laughs> They're like, yeah, can we find you? I'm like, yeah, right here. I love coffee. Love that. I, but, I love that you just said that too. You're like, I didn't have a kitchen. I didn't have, like, I wasn't based any, I just believed in what I had. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's one of the biggest disconnects for people sometimes. It's like, you need to get that connection, that understanding, because there was a point where people really believed in what they had. And then they let some of those limiting beliefs get in their way when they go to put themselves out there. Cause that's the yeah. scary part. Yeah. How do you get over? Cause cause I, I agree with everything you said. I think it really comes down to you knowing that connection of that belief so strongly in what you do, but how do you get over that limiting belief of, I, I guess, you know, we call it a lot of different things like the imposter syndrome or, you know, just what, what would you say that you did to really get over that? I think that the biggest thing that has like been probably at the top of my mind since the beginning of me by is kind of what I touched on earlier about Sarah Blakely's point to like, you know, you don't know what you don't know, but I would say that more specifically I owned that I was different. I didn't show up to coffee shops dressed in a suit and tie or, you know, like I didn't dress professionally. I went into take top and jeans and I went in with samples and I was me. And I looked the same on the street as I do meeting them. That's not to say, you know, obviously if you're in a super professional world, maybe don't show up in jeans. It's going to be disrespectful. But, you know, like I, I wanted people to know who I really was. Um, and not feel like I was trying to sell them something because really at the end of the day, like if someone decided not to sell me, if I, I wasn't hurt at all because I didn't base my value off of if someone said yes or no, I know the value of made by to me, it's priceless. I really couldn't put a number on there for you, but I know what it means to me and the power that it has. And whether someone decides to put it in their coffee shop or not, I feel that it's meant to be. Maybe it'll happen someday. Maybe it's just not right now. But it's just—it's not serving their highest selves or my highest selves or made by's highest self. And there's been a couple locations, but really very seldom that from day one that I approached that just said no. I think there's probably there's two I can think of. If some accounts said maybe no at one point, like we're selling there now. So it's it's not to say like no means no forever either. Sometimes it just means not right now. And I've just believed through all of the ups and downs because even though 
so far, it may sound like, oh, I launched this company and we just did so well. And now we're in the grocery store and all this great stuff's happening. It's not that way. I mean, things are wonderful. And I'm so grateful for where I'm made by it now. I never could have pictured this. But for most companies, I know most really successful companies, I know it's not just an uphill climb. Once things start going good, they're not always going to be great. That doesn't mean that they won't be great or even greater again, but that's part of the learning process. Like the higher you climb at both your company and yourself as an individual, like the more is expected of you. Mm -hmm. Like I'm a young founder and CEO. I still don't know certain investment terms and finance stuff, but I need to learn that now because, you know, that's expected of me in the state that made buys it. So I think just really remaining true to yourself and honest to yourself uh, about who you are and owning every bit of that. It's been like the biggest asset for me and made by by far and truly valuing the people that you talk to, whether they're a janitor or the owner of a company. I think that treating people as if everybody is the owner of the company that you're desiring to talk to, it does absolute wonders for you as a person, your business, et cetera. The value of like a human connection goes so far, so far. Yeah. I love that. Cause that also eliminates, you know, a lot of my, I hear this from my clients a lot. I know you and I've talked about this before because I remember actually you told me when you were in your marketing job, you were like, I'm just really good at writing emails. I'm a really, I, I discovered that in that job. I was really good at writing. And what I liked that you also pointed out is why you were really good at writing is you were very intentional about connecting with people who called in to say, I didn't like this product that I bought and I want to return it. And you were happy to jump on a call and say, tell me about your experience with this product. Why didn't you like it? Can I replace it with something? You know, you were very focused on customer service, which to me says everything about, I care about my customer. I care about the journey. I care about the experience they're having with my product. And so I think you probably learned a lot through that about how to communicate. Those aren't easy conversations to have when somebody's upset and they want to return something. They didn't have a good experience. Yeah, there's a, I mean, truly praise to anyone and everyone who has ever worked in customer service. I think it, it should be a mandatory job for everybody. I think people learn so much, so much. It's the hard, so like you said, I, in, in every, you know, as you grow, I also like that you met, you mentioned, um, you're not just growing as a business owner, you're growing as a person because so much of being an entrepreneur is also a personal development journey, whether you want it to be or not, yeah, you're going to get right. some shit thrown at you and you're going to have to figure out how to, you know, go through it and, right. and deal with it. And I always like to say new level, new devil. Yeah. I, and I do think, like you said, there are periods that feel really good, that feel easier than other times. And there are challenging times and it's no different to me than a relationship that you've been in, whether it's an intimate relationship, romantic relationship, or a, you know, a a long friendship, like it's not always good. It doesn't always feel good. Mm -hmm. There's going to be things that you've got to work through, but the challenges are where we grow. So when you learn to honor the challenge, when you learn to honor and be grateful for the difficulty, the challenge that you're going through, I think you can see it as truly a lesson and a growth opportunity versus the thing that's going to hold you back, you know? So I think if anybody looks back on their life and they think of the most challenging thing they've overcome, I, without a doubt, I am sure 
that people would say they're so grateful for it, even though at the time it doesn't feel fun. But, and I know it's hard to remind ourselves of that in the moment, but if we can try to have that little voice in the back of our head reminding us that what it feels like on the other side of this, what we're going to learn on the other side of this, how much we're going to grow on the other side of this, if we didn't have the challenge, like what fun would life be? We wouldn't get anywhere. Things wouldn't get better, even if things were great all the time, you know, it, right. you need, I, I think it's a quote by Martin Luther King that says something along the lines of like, you know, in order to see the stars, you need the dark. It's so true. And yeah, it, it is. I've heard that one before in order to see the light, you have to, you have to have the dark, right? You know, yeah. it's the contrast of things yeah. that make them so. And Abraham Hicks talks a lot about it too. And it's like, Unless you've experienced one side of something, you don't know that there's the other side. So the contrast is truly important to your experience. And really, if you try to numb out and avoid the hard feelings, you're also doing that with the good feelings too. You can't just shut one off, Yep. you know? And, and so it is one of those things where the only way to actually deal with it is to go through it. It's harder in, in the moment, like you said, when you're feeling it and experiencing it, it's like, this isn't fun. But as you said, when you look back on some of the harder things that you've gone through in life, that's what I try to do. When I'm going through something difficult, I'm like, okay, what else have I gone through that didn't feel good when I went through it? And I was a better person. Me now. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's like, look at me now, look at who I became. And I agree with you too. Those challenges are, it's Mark Manson's book that I read, uh, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Yes. And loved it. And then I heard him on a podcast and he was talking about that recently. Did you? Yeah. The same one. I mean, I'm sure he's on a, a ton, but knowing I, I, it's probably I heard him on the Rich Roll podcast. Uh, I think, I think the one I listened to maybe was him on Lewis Howes. That's what I was going to say, but maybe I don't know. Okay, one yeah. of the two, one of the two. Probably, probably the same one. But he says after he wrote that book, it was, and I didn't know this when I was listening, but he said it sold over 10 million copies. And for a book, that's, huge. Like only a select few books in the world have ever sold that many. And so, you know, the book's fantastic. I I read it a couple of years ago. And as he's saying that he's like, yeah, so here I am. I, my book sells 10 million copies, people the world over love it. And I was like, cool, I can just sit on the couch and play Zelda forever for the rest of my life. I've made it, you know? And then he said, after a period of time sitting on the couch and playing Zelda turned out to be really not fun. He wasn't happy. He was in a funk. And he said, what he learned is we do need that tension. We actually, it's a human need because it's the only way to grow. It's the only way for us to get better. And he said, if you don't have that in your life, and I will never forget when he said this, because it so resonated with me. He said, if you don't have that in your life, you create it in areas where it shouldn't be. For example, you're sitting on the couch playing Zelda and you decide you're hungry. So you order something from Grubhub and the Grubhub guy delivers. I remember hearing this. It was. was. And he's like, and there's no fork in your delivery and you lose shit. Yeah. You're like, there's no fork. And the next thing you know, you're going off on the Grubhub guy. And that's not because he did anything wrong or because it's justified for you to reach that level of frustration. It's because you don't have it in the areas in your life where it should be to contribute to your growth. Mm -hmm. So your body, your, your mind, your emotions are creating it because you need it. Mm -hmm. And I just, when I heard that, I was like, that's such a great example. Yeah. We definitely listened to the same podcast. Maybe like it does. (laughs) But yeah, I do think that that's such a good lesson because it's like, 
oh gosh, we need these challenges. Holy crap. Okay. I've been fighting them, but like it gives you a different perspective to be able to appreciate them more. But I also on the other side of it, cause you and I've connected on this many times. Um, we also, I think all have that feeling that when I get there, you know, like it, it, like, I think we've all experienced that in our life to complete like devastation and failure that once we realize there is no there, I can't just get there and then coast for the rest of my life. That's not what life is meant to be. And I had that experience and it was really hard. And I know you and I've talked about that before. And, and that resonated with me when, when Mark Manson said it, cause I thought, oh, his playing Zelda sitting on the couch doing nothing was his there. He thought he had made it. That was cool. He could just chill for the rest of his life. And it's a hard reality once we realize, oh, we don't ever get to a place of just chilling. But that goes back to what you said earlier. There's going to be periods that feel really good. And there's going to be periods that are more challenging. And you've just got to do, you know, the, the it's the ebb and flow of life. Yeah. I think that what we confuse, and it's almost strange that it's like not pointed out, is that we think that we're chasing the end of the journey. Well, we're really chasing the journey. People don't, like you said, there is no end. There is no, yes, now my life is fabulous for as long as I live. Like, there's great days, of course, where it feels like it's going to be that way forever. But we, we love life. We don't love a one-off celebration. We're not here for only celebrations. We're here for the ups and downs and the growth. I mean... Even just thinking of friendships, like you said, with relationships, you're so much stronger with people that you've been through things with instead of, you know, the girlfriend that you just go and get lunch with every weekend. Right. Right. Yeah. There's the, the relationship itself, you know, is strengthened because of what you've been through together. Just like your Mm -hmm. relationship with yourself, your relationship with your business, these challenges are here to help us grow. And if we're not growing, we're dying. So learning to look at these challenges as lessons, growth opportunities. You know, like my coach says this all the time and I love it. I'm thrilled this is happening because, (laughs) you know, not like, cause my, my first resort is always like, yeah, yeah. why? And I'm like, okay, no, 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 no. I'm thrilled this is happening because, cause there's always something, there's always a reason that you can find that you can be grateful for. I don't care how awful or devastating it is. Maybe not in the moment, maybe not at the time, but there is always going to be some reason that that is happening for you. Yeah. And I totally love that you said this. We don't live. How did you say it? we don't live life for the destination? It's the it's it's the journey and it's who yeah. we become in that journey. Mm-hmm. And I just think that there's so much to be said for who we become in that process and seeing it for what it is versus getting somewhere and going oh, well, this there doesn't feel right. like you thought it would. And then you're, you know, bummed out and you don't know what to do. And you feel like life is over. Or at least that was my experience. I don't know if that's everybody's, but I was like, where are the fireworks? I got there. I like, why are people not celebrating? Yeah. And then I realized there, there, that was not in any way a destination that I was supposed to get to and then check out of life. So, so yeah, I love that, you know, that you realized who you became in the process is, it's such a big part and, and still becoming is such a big part of how you get to show up in your business. Yeah. So what I just, I, I have so many questions still. And by <laughs> the way, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but Sydney's got a really big, exciting meeting tonight. So we got to make sure we, we watch the time. And I also want to give <laughs> you, yeah, 
I want to give you guys opportunities to ask questions too, because you know I can I can talk to Sid all the time. <laughs> you guys are getting the opportunity to experience her. So if you have questions, definitely let us know. I'm just looking at some of the comments. You know, people are talking about the lessons they're learning and the growth moments. I love that. Um, yeah. And actually, Ashley does, um, she's starting a gluten-free challenge right now. She's a health oh. doing. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you definitely need to see Sydney. Yes. <laughs> Love all of that. Um, and I don't know if Mary's still on, but I'm just going to say happy birthday to Mary. Oh, happy, happy birthday, birthday Mary. Mary. It's kind of late for her. So she might've already gone to bed, but I did, <laughs> I did she, see she was watching. So I think one of the things that, and we've talked about this a couple of times, but we can, we can definitely, I think hit on it again, because people can never hear this enough. You're good with words. You learned that from your marketing job, but how do you, and, and I love how you said, this is what being you, this is why being you is so important because you don't show up and talk to the janitor or the owner or whoever, and try to try to be anybody any different, but how do you get over that fear of not knowing what to say? Because that's something my clients ask me a lot. They're like, what's the right thing to say? Or how do I get them engaged or interested in what I'm offering? I Where do you, how do you so- do that? For me, my spiel was basically the exact same everywhere I went. I introduced myself, um, and then I offered them something basically totally free, something that you couldn't resist. That hi, my name is Sydney. I am founder of a healthy cookie company called Made By, and I would absolutely love to drop off some samples here for you guys for you to give them a shot. I don't think anyone ever they know to cook. No. Yeah. Once I got those first couple sentences out, I would give them like a two second spiel on like what made by is normally they would ask like, Oh, that's so cool. Where are you based? Or, you know, even if they told me, Oh, we're, we're actually, you know, getting our baked goods from somewhere else right now. I'd say, no, normally I'd know the other baked goods company and like, I don't know, let's say Sweet Laurel. They're also a healthy baking company. Oh, I love Sweet Laurel. Like made by similar in some ways. Um, and then I would essentially go in my story about what inspired it and whatnot. It's got adaptions and this and that. We actually do work alongside, you know, Sweet Laurel and all kinds of other bakeries because our creations are just so different than everything else. Even if they're already selling cookies, they're not selling vegan, gluten-free, like low sugar, all those things. So there was always kind of like a niche for it. So I think whether what you are selling, whether it's yourself or a product or service, whether it's a niche or not, becoming your own niche in the sense of how you represent yourself and owning, I think that infusing your passion into what you're talking about is really key, probably the most important thing that I would say to anyone. I think that for me, always going in with a lot of energy and smiling, not thinking about what I have to say in the sense, or like, am I talking to the right person? Or did I miss something or forget something? I really just go in there. Like you said, how you approach a lot of your clients about, you know, going in there to get to know the people. And if you end up selling something and solving a problem, then that's amazing. And if not, then you still met person. Now you have a relationship. Maybe something will happen in the future. So I think the way that I've approached my business has been unlearning so many of the traditional business strategies, like knowing what to say, 
make sure you have business cards. I've never owned a single business card and it has been also a huge asset because when people will say, for example, when it comes to making sure you get the contact of the person you're trying to get in touch with, they would ask for a business card and I would happily, but looking sad, tell them, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, I just ran out of them. Do you have a business card? And they would say, oh yeah, here, sure, here you go. And they would give me their contact information so I was sure I could get in touch with them. I knew their name. I mean, immediately leaving these coffee shops, I would go to like 10 a day for a few months or so. I would walk out of the coffee shop, write down every possible detail I could about who I met, things they said, etc. I mean, I kept it all in a running document so that maybe if I didn't get in touch with someone and I wanted to revisit that conversation, I knew what we talked about. And I knew, you know, a point of reference of where to go with them. And it, both things, hugely helpful. Do you guys hear this? The fact that she was unprepared, but I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean, you did it to my advantage. Yes. And, and it, it, I love the Sarah Blakely quote and I feel the same way. And I know that a large part of my success is due to the fact that I didn't have a freaking clue what I was doing. And, and that benefited me in so many ways. And I hear Mm -hmm. that coming out through your story and, and what you're saying. And I do think it helps us stand out, but it also comes from a very genuine, like, I don't know if I'm going to say grassroots, but like, I just, I really can't, I'm not formal and stuffy and have all the things. It's yeah. like, I'm just here. I'm real. I'm me. And I want to help you. And I have something really cool. Can I tell you about it? Yeah. You know, and not worrying about the people, like you said earlier, that don't want it. Yeah. That's totally um, fine. You do you. I don't, I wouldn't want to be somewhere or be, you know, partnered with someone who isn't as excited about what I have to offer as I am about, you know, working with them. It has to be. And that's also, in my experience, been an extremely crucial part of a successful business relationship. Make sure that maybe, even if it's, you know, in this reference, like if it's a small mom and pop coffee shop, one location, if they are your biggest fans and you have, you know, maybe more of a chain coffee shop that are like, yeah, we'll pay you and we'll sell your product. Mm-hmm. If I had to choose between the two, I would pick the mom and pop coffee shop every time. First of all, that mom and pop coffee shop knows all their customers' names. They have a personal relationship with all of them, and they have a personal relationship to everything they sell. And if they're putting it in there, it's not like a corporate decision. It's something that they believe in just as much as you do. And they'll push for you and be cheering you on so much more, so much more. You're not just like a number. And I think that fits into what, so pretty much everybody in our community is selling a service. So they're attracting ideal clients. You sell a product, but you're still attracting ideal clients, essentially. And I love, you know, and I want to relate this for everybody. You don't want, because I have people a lot of times, they're like, how do I overcome objections? And I'm like, well, tell me what, what's the context of the conversation? What objections came up? And, you know, they're like, well, they said that they didn't want this and they didn't want this and they don't. And I'm like, they're not your ideal client. Yeah. Why are you trying to overcome this? Because just like you said, why do you want your product in a store that's not going to fully embrace and support your story and you and your product? They actually will sell for you when they are excited about your cookie. And like you said, they probably know everybody that comes into their coffee shop and they're like, Joe, we got these new right. cookies. They're called yeah. made by. I know you just went gluten-free. Do you want right. to know? <laughs> and like, you don't want a customer, a client to be 
coached by you who really isn't sure or isn't genuinely interested in what you, you, maybe they just signed up because you convinced them, which, you know, let's not even get into that because we don't want to get into the convincing energy. But essentially I do feel like a lot of people get into that between a rock and a hard place, like, but I want the money. So I'm going to take this person on, you know, and I think we have to, we have to separate ourselves. We have to really identify our relationship with money and separate ourselves from that being the thing you know, and I'm going to give you a huge compliment here as well, because this just blows me away. And, and you told me this story. I was like, see, there's another reason why you are going to make it. Your product's going to make it. You guys, Sydney has had offers, big time offers to buy her company. And she said no, because she is her company. And I, that just, I, I was really impressed by you and, and your mission when you told me that story as if I wasn't already, but that said a lot to me about the passion and, and the true intention behind what you're trying to do. And I think it's the same for us. We have to be willing to say no in our business when it does not align with who we are and what our business is about. And it's hard. It's hard when you need money. It's hard when you're starting out and you're not bringing in consistent revenue. I get it, but you have to be willing to say no and set that boundary because it's not going to do your business good overall. And, and you're going to end up losing energetically some of the momentum and the passion behind what you do when you, I, I don't know if I want to say sell out, that seems a little no, hard, but, no, but I know what you mean. When you, yeah. when you take the offer that will pay the bills, but it's not going to feed your soul. Look at that. Perfectly. Perfectly. <laughs> you are good with words. You are absolutely so good at, at, at phrasing things. No, that's exactly it. it. It might pay the bills. It's not going to feed your soul. And that's where we end up building a business that we resent and building a business that we're unhappy with. And we don't necessarily realize that that's what's going on because we feel like, well, but I have clients. How could I not like this? And when you really take a step back, is it that you don't like your business and your passion and your mission? Or did you just say yes to a couple of people that maybe are energetically impacting how you feel about it? It makes, and especially with health coaches too, I think that like you said, it's hard, especially when you're struggling financially to say no to people who are going to give you money, even if they aren't super gung ho about it. But that said, from personal experience, even with made by it, whether you have to do something else to supplement it, or you put your mind to it, and you find a way to make it work, you know, to pay the bills for the month, you will be so much more energetically protected. And going forward in the coming days, weeks, months, you're going to attract the energy that you put out. If you put out this amazing, vibrant energy, it's really only a matter of time before you meet that first client who introduces you to your second client because her best friend, she wants a health coach because she's also equally excited as you are. And it's a chain reaction. You know, it's, I, I've been to events where we've been giving away my made by and people are like, yeah, it's yummy cookie, but they don't know what it is and they don't care. And like, that's cool. Glad we were there, but like it really, you have to know your value and you have to make sure that everybody else knows your value because yeah. the second that you forget it or right. you say you kind of downsize yourself to fit into exactly what someone wants. Mm -hmm it's okay to not be exactly what someone wants. They want to be trained or helped by somebody else, but that's not you. And that's amazing that it's not you because you are going to attract exactly what you need. Right. If you allow yourself to attract exactly what you need. Right. 
And then that's up to you to set the boundaries and to be, like you said, very protective of what it is. And I also like that you mentioned, and I want people to really think about this. You don't have to go all in on your business and make that your only thing, because what you're doing is you're taking a passion, something you're really excited about, and you're putting extra pressure on it that it doesn't need. You know, we talked about tension earlier. There's already going to be tension in your business. There's already going to be challenges. You don't need to add to that. If there's something this is an Oprah quote that I love. Do what you have to do until you can do what you want to do. And if that means you're supplementing your income and, and I get it, your energy is a little bit divided because if you're doing something else, you're not completely 100% in your business. But if you are completely 100% in your business and the money isn't coming in because you aren't at that stage yet of being able to bring it in consistently, then what is it actually costing you mm-hmm. to do that at versus having something that allows you to keep your energy, like you said, keep it high vibe, keep yourself excited. It's almost like you're having an affair with your business. It's almost like, hey, this is this thing that I have to do during the day to bring in some income right now. So I'm going to do that, but then I'm going to sneak away and I'm going to, and you're so excited to be in it. You're so, you know, again, as long as you're setting your own personal boundaries and you're not working yourself into the grind with anything that you're doing, you know, set your own personal boundaries as well. But I think that's really a good idea so that you don't dip into that desperate energy or that stressed out energy of taking on the wrong client because you had to pay the bills. Yeah. You know, I think, and especially at the beginning of a business, you, the sole thing that the life of your company relies on the beginning and I mean, you know, the lifetime, but the beginning especially is passion and attention. And if mm-hmm. it doesn't have those two things, it'll never get off the ground. It'll, it, it can't, it can't survive without you pouring your love into it. So you right. have to, especially in the beginning, give it that extra love, which you'll have if you're not so stressed about money. And then it will continue to be this fun thing that you're building and not this, you know, crazy, stressful, wired out business that you're trying to, you know, scrape together money off of. Right. Cause you're eventually going to get to a point and it's, you are going to just be done with it. You don't love it. You've built a business that you resent. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think there's so much to be said for that. Staying connected with, you know, the passion you, you mentioned the passion and then the attention. Mm-hmm. It's almost like being a new mom. Like you're birthing I was say, it's a baby. Yeah, it really like, is. You're you and it requires a lot of attention and it requires a lot of work. And you know, you don't have to put that much work into the child for the entire life of the child, but initially it takes a lot more attention to really get things set up. And you know, and then you you nurture in different ways as it goes on. There's gonna be new challenges as as Mm -hmm. you grow as a mother. But another comparison to that would be you also don't want to just be a mother. You have to have some things outside of that to pull you away from it so that when you are there, you're showing up as your best self. And to me, that's the perfect analogy for what people are doing in their business, you know? So, oh my gosh, I know you have your call coming up, but we can sit here and chat all night. Um, I do have, I want to see if anybody has questions. I've been trying to monitor and everybody's like loving the lessons. Let's see. Can't wait to go back and watch and listen to all the lessons we shared. <laughs> I know there's some good stuff. And Carly says, this is gold. Okay, good. Uh, Thanks, Carly. Said, yeah. Right. Mary said, I love how you dress normally while taking your samples to the coffee shops. I do too. I think yeah. that that says so much about how you chose to show up in your business and why it's different. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's what I, 
but when I, again, when I started my corporate sales job, I, um, I was known. So the South Bay is my territory. The beach cities are my territory. And I dressed so different from everybody else in my sales team. And they would point it out to me. And I realized early on, I'm dressing the same way my customers would so that when I walk in that like they, they, I'm approachable. Yeah. But I also stand out because I'm not like my competitors were walking in in like a suit and professional attire. And I was like, you do you, I, I'm not mad at you for that, but like, I'm just going to be me. And there's been a lot of times at a conversation earlier today with my manager about this, there's going to be a lot of times where it is not going to work out well for me to stand out and to, to, you know, speak my mind, but that's okay. Those aren't my experiences. Those aren't my places that I need to be. There's going to be a lot of times where it is. And as long as I'm willing to show up in my truth, it has nothing to do with anybody else. And I can't worry about what anybody else might say about it or feel about it, you know? I mean, whether you do, whether you are who you are and you own it and you love it, or you're somebody else and you pretend to be someone else, like there's always going to be people that have things to say. So you may as well be true to yourself and love every bit about it because then you, everything everyone else says doesn't matter at all. I mean, it's just, yeah, they just kind of help to clear the path to show you that that's not where you're supposed to be. Right. That's so true. I, I posted something on my Instagram story the other day and it said, people will love you and people will hate you and none of it will have anything to do with you. So true. So true. What other people, but your business. And one of the other things I've loved recently, I've been watching um, the Michael Jordan special. It's called the last dance It's on ESPN. Sure. You've heard Is Steve watching it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So seeing the Dennis Rodman journey and experience all over again, I have such a different understanding and respect. Appreciation. Yeah. Because at the time I just listened to what the media was saying about him and he was just a weirdo and he was, you know, he wanted colored hair and piercings and, you know, party boy. And now I'm like, Oh my God, he was just trying to be himself, you know, and, and in certain ways I'm sure get attention because he, he was a, a, you know, celebrity figure, but he was just being him. And I have so much more respect for the courage he had to do that. Because it wasn't easy, you know, we, we heard what people said about him and how they criticized him. And I think we all go through that journey of like, we have to get through. Here's another Lewis Howe story. I, I'm sure I've told you this at Powerful You that I went to a couple of years ago. Yeah. He was up on a panel with Jay Shetty and Brenda Burchard and, and all the all the guys. And this girl was like, so how do you deal with criticism? Like, because I'm at a place where, you know, I've got 300 followers on Instagram and I'm just so worried that people are going to criticize me. And I want to know how to get to where you are, where I don't have to worry about it. And Lewis House was like, um, you don't think with 2 million followers, however many he has that I'm not getting like hate messages and criticism all the time. If you think you're going where I am, then you better get used to it because people are just always going to have something to say. And the bottom line is we can't worry about it or make it our business because it's not. And we got to yeah. show up as, as us. Yeah. And I love that. And that's what makes you good at sales because you're selling yourself. Mm-hmm. What I say all the time, you are always selling because you're selling yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you want to be true and authentic and feel good about it and not salesy, then just show up as you. Yeah. And I'll, I'll say one more thing that when it comes to sales or really just rising in the ranks as both a person and in business. The higher you go or the more well-known you become, the better off you're doing. Usually comes more criticism and haters and people that are trying to get near you in every which way. I've started to experience some of this with Made By, which, again, a company that comes from the most pure place 
in my heart, literally my life journey of healing. And I, the whole purpose of the company is to heal the world. There will still be people that will say, this company is this or that. And to them, I say, that's totally fine. Like, no, it's not for you. That's totally cool. It's not meant to be. There's always going to be that. And sometimes the higher you go, the louder the negativity can seem. But part of being true to yourself and, you know, really honing in on you are and appreciating every bit of that is knowing that regardless of the good or bad, anything or anyone says, like you're, you're doing your work, like you're becoming your highest self. Yep. And as long as, as long as you're doing that, you're golden. What they say, what they feel matters. Nothing. Nada. to You, you yeah. can't make it mean anything because you're just being you and showing up in your truth. And yeah, I, I totally love that. So number one piece besides just being yourself, what would be your number one piece of sales advice for our amazing health and wellness coaches? Your message out in the world. I would say come from a place of truly wanting to help. I think that people can feel when they're trying to be sold something opposed to you trying to genuinely help someone solve a problem, whether it's with a health coach, trying to help someone find a perfect copy or whatever it may be. You have to see things from the customer's eyes. And I think that's how I've always pictured things. Like if I were to be approached in some way, nobody likes to feel like they're being sold to. It just, it gives you like a bad feeling and people I think are immediately turned off. But if you come at things from, let me help you, like what, what can I do to serve you? Or what can we do to make X thing better? It has a really different tone to it. And I think that it, when you lead with how you can help someone or how you're going to somehow benefit them or, you know, change their life, et cetera. When it's coming from a genuine place, people really feel that and they can see it for themselves. Sometimes you kind of have to paint the picture for them a little bit. Right. Another reason why it's also important to not need the money. I, I mean, we all need money just to, you know, pay our bills, but like, it comes from a very genuine place when you're not focused on, I need this person to be my customer. I just want to help them. And I totally agree with you. I think selling is serving Mm -hmm. and your passion comes through in your energy and, and sales is the transfer of enthusiasm. And I think when you can focus on two things that are really important in business, the problem you solve and the people who have the problem and then go try to help them. Because you have a solution that they need and they don't know how to do it on their own. And they've tried and tried and tried. And maybe they don't even realize there's a solution to that problem, which goes back to shout it from the freaking mountaintops, which is what you said earlier. You said you were telling everybody you knew, friends, family, tell people about this. And I think that's a big thing, too. A lot of people have trouble getting over that hump of, oh, my God, then I'm really vulnerable. My Aunt Betty, who might not agree with me being a health coach, might have something to say. And at the next family reunion, it's going to be really weird. And they're talking about me. You know what? I mean, there's still people in my family that think made by just a hobby, but now the, for the most part, people that thought made by was a hobby and just like a fun little side gig are, you know, starting to ask me how my business is going and, Oh, how many locations do you guys hold in now? I think of course our family always wants the best for us, but they're the toughest critics sometimes. So just know like in you following what you truly, truly care about the passion, like I said earlier, 
it's the fuel. As long as you don't stop and you show up for yourself every day, you're going to be sitting down at a family reunion telling your Aunt Betty how great your business is going. And I think sometimes it's tough to see that, but things can definitely change for sure. Well, and I think you just hit the nail on the head with everything, because for me, this was my one answer that I'll tell people now I could give multiple answers for why I was successful in sales. And I'm sure you can too, but I was like, cause I made a decision and I stuck to it. I made a decision. I was going to do it. I wasn't available for anything else. I wasn't going to like, that was just, that was it. I made a decision and you just said it. You were like, I've decided it's what I'm going to do. And that's, that's what it is. And I think that's the most powerful thing we can do is make a decision for ourselves and stay on our own side. Not give our power away to the people who like Aunt Betty, who don't agree with our decision. You don't have to, Aunt Betty. You also didn't agree with my prom date. You also didn't agree with the car that I recently bought. You also didn't have to. You're not driving the car. You're not paying my bills. You didn't go to prom. Like I, you know, so at the end of the day, detaching ourselves from those, you know, opinions of others is hard, but really, really important to do. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So we've got our sales advice. We've heard all about you and your company. Now I need these people to know where they can get your cookies (laughs) because you guys, you have to go order them right now. Like I'm addicted. I cannot not eat the entire (laughs) show. They're also amazing because they're shelf stable. So like pretty soon you're going to be in a store near you guys. I'm sure of that. Um, Mm -hmm. If you live in the LA area, go to Erwan for sure. But where can they get them? Because they need to to taste these amazing cookies. So we sell our, like you said, our shelf-stable cookie dough online, aka it doesn't have to be refrigerated, but you can if you want it to be. So it's edible and bakeable. Normally mine doesn't make it to baking version because I just eat the dough by itself. It's I've never baked your cookie dough. I hope you're not a fan. <laughs> no, that is, I hear it all the time, all the time. And I'm the same way, so I'm not offended at all. Of course, like you said, if people are local to LA, we're sold at all the Air One locations, or we ship all over the world on our website, madebyfoods.com. And soon enough, in the coming months, we'll be at um, Takaya Organica. Yes, we're doing a special collaboration dessert with them. So they'll have like exclusive Made By flavors. They're doing like a churro flavor and a spicy hot chocolate. And for their cuisine, oh, it's with some like vanilla vegan ice cream. It's, it's going to be so good. And not that anyone's doing much traveling right now, but Equinox hotels, it's like the hotels associated with the Equinox. They have hotels now? Yes. They, they have their East coast base. So maybe people are in the East coast, they'll be serving all kinds of made by goodies in June. So I guess about a month and a half. Yeah. Equinox Hotels, Takaya. Can we please go to Takaya and celebrate once yes. there? Um, oh, and other East Coast grocery store. I have not been to one myself, but it is called Plum Market. Okay. They're like in Michigan, Chicago, Illinois. Up in the Midwesty area. It's kind of like a Whole Foods from what I understand. Okay. Yes. Nice. So, are there none of them here? In- what? No full markets in California. I think they're all like, from what I saw, Michigan, Illinois, maybe one other state. But it looks like a whole food. It's like a specialty health food store. I'll be selling the cookies and the cookie dough. I can't wait to hear the backstory on that one. I'm so (laughs) excited to catch up even more. Well, that is just, I cannot say enough 
good things about your cookies, your cookie dough, the story behind it, how it came about and why that's so powerful. And I know that that was super powerful for, you know, the health and wellness coaches in here to hear because the story is what sells and -hmm. the story is what keeps you connected to that passion and that energy and that attention that you need to give to what you're doing. And I love that. I love, you know, just the opportunity to have connected and and met you and become such good friends with you. And by the way, I have had the the baked cookies, you guys, I just (laughs) clear that up. I I never get to that point myself when I have the cookie dough at home. It's just, I just, I'm, (laughs) but I've had, you actually brought a bunch of baked ones to my birthday party. You can bake ones many different times. Either way, it's amazing, whether it's baked or the, the regular cookie dough, but get your hands on it, guys. It's amazing. Ashley, you'll have to try it since you're gluten-free. Yes. Anybody have any, um, oh, Carly says Orange County at all. Are you in any Orange County? Um, I think the closest to Orange County would be maybe Cafe Gratitude. They have one up that way. I think that's the most OC area we have. Soon enough. Soon enough. Yeah, soon enough. I love that. If she, if she orders online, we ship in just a couple days. It comes pretty quick. Perfect. Good to know. You hear that, Carly? You can order online. Um, Oh, Amber says hello from Troy, Ohio. Amber, it sounds like you're going to be able to drive up to Michigan and get these cookies. Um, Yeah. So I don't see any questions. People are just commenting on how excited they are. Sydney's going to be in our community, you guys. So definitely, if you're watching this on the, let us know if you watch it on the replay or or live. I know I should have said that at the beginning so you could tell me, but all of you have been live and commenting through the whole thing. But yeah, tag her in anything if you have questions. Like this is what I wanted you guys to get besides just to meet her and experience her story and and her as an amazing human being is to hear that you don't, that there's nothing to be ready for. There's, it's just, you start, you start, you have your little cash infusion and views and pre-sale before you even have the products that you can, you know, it's like you just start because you're so passionate about what you have and what you offer and you get out there and start talking and the rest will, will start to build. That's momentum. Well done. Yep. 100%. 100%. I love that. Awesome. Thank you so, so of much. Course. Thank you. Find her on Instagram too. I didn't say that part. Um, I'll, you know, type in the, the handle. Exactly. Find her on Instagram, order those cookies. They're amazing. Sid, thank you so much for coming thank in. Thank you. Giving us your time. And I'm excited. You're going to be in our community. You guys definitely yes. tag her and you know, we'll, we'll all have to try your cookies and hopefully we'll have you back on soon. Yes. Yes. Awesome. I can't wait. Thank you. All right. Good night, everybody. Bye. All right. That is a wrap for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And by the way, if you like this, subscribe because there's more good stuff coming your way. Also, please leave a review. It would mean so, so much to me. And it would help others who are considering listening to this podcast to understand how amazing it is. And while you're at it, why not share with a friend? And by the way, one last thing. I would love to hear from you. I would love to connect with you. So you got a couple options. You can check me out on Instagram at Healthy Steps with Nicole. You can find me in my private Facebook group, Nicole Sales Superstars, or you can go to my website, healthystepswithnicole.com. I would love to hear from you and I can't wait.